Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. <laughs> I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. We got an email this week from 10 Can Tourists. We're going to post a link and share that they shared with us of a directory of vintage-friendly campgrounds. Yeah, Tin Can Tourists is an organization that is in support of old trailers, basically, vintage trailers. And it's a great organization. If vintage trailers are something that floats your boat as it <laughs> is, as they do ours, Tin Can Tourists is a good organization to belong to. They made this directory of vintage-friendly campgrounds. And I don't know if you know, but not all campgrounds allow vintage trailers. In fact, right. some of them even prohibit anything older than 10 years old, which is kind of bleh. Not cool. Yeah, not yeah. cool. Uh, because we've seen one-year-old travel trailers or RVs that were beat to heck. Oh my gosh. And so if they're Restriction is due to looks. Age really doesn't have that much to do with it. Well, we did write an article about can a campground restrict the age of an RV. All right. And of course, you know, we'll put a link in the usual show notes. <laughs> but yeah, there are campgrounds who do. They, if your RV is over 10 years old, they, they don't let you in. So this is nice to have a directory of vintage-friendly campgrounds. Right. Another thing, just a kind of a housekeeping note. <laughs> we have been getting a lot of folks who write in through our contact us on the website. And of course, if you have a question, comment, you want to tell us you like us, you want to tell us you don't like us, <laughs> you <laughs> want to talk about yeah, whatever it is, there is a contact us on our website at stresslesscamping.com. We always encourage you to to share your thoughts, opinions, corrections, right. all of that with us. We, we appreciate it all. And we've gotten a number of those recently with really great questions. And then I go to reply and it just bounces back. So for whatever reason, our email server does not seem to like Gmail. It doesn't want to respond to people who write to us from Gmail accounts. Yeah, which is weird. Which is weird. Yeah, very weird. So if you wrote to us and you're like, well, how rude. Those guys never replied. That's why. Maybe we uh, did. <laughs> I have been working on fixing it. And in the interim, we do have a Gmail account for Stresses Camping that we don't really use, but I have used it to reply to those and it seems to go through. But uh, if you want to just email us, happycamper at stresslesscamping.com. Yeah. Comes right to us. So hopefully that will be more reliable. Our RV Life Trip Wizard Power User Tip of the Week is about reordering your stops. You know, sometimes when I am planning a trip on Trip Wizard, I think that I know which way we're going to go. <laughs> and then. Sometimes something happens like a scheduling conflict or things like that and make us want to a little bit change the order of our trip. In fact, one time I think I 
turned the whole circle around and we went north instead of south first or something like that. And it's really pretty easy to do when you're using TripWizard online. And the easiest way to do it, if you just want to trade two locations, two stops, one for the other, just hold on to one of them and drag it above or below the other stop and it will easily just reschedule and it will redraw the map so that it shows the new route that you're going to take. Yeah, you could kind of describe it as like braille or stacked dice or dominoes or even a cribbage board. It's one of the many features of RV Life Trip Wizard, including RV safe driving directions so you don't end up in places that your RV really shouldn't be. Yeah. We have talked our friends at RV Life Trip Wizard into letting you Try it out for free. We have a link in our show notes at stressdiscamping.com. And of course, of course, there's a discount code. So if you go to the discounts and deals page at stressdiscamping.com, look for RV Life or RV Trip Wizard and use that link and the discount code and try out RV Trip Wizard. Yeah, it's our favorite RV trip planning tool. Well, we have a repeat guest this week. We do. Joel Holland has been on the podcast a number of times. We've camped with Joel, and he is the owner of Harvest Hosts. Well, he has a new product that is not just for RVers, but for basically car campers, tent campers, RVers, all of us. Yeah. And it's a great new tool for getting around the no vacancy sign. So without any further ado, let's welcome back Joel Holland with Camp Scanner. We are back with a guest who has been on the Stressless Camping podcast several times now. Yeah. Whom we've even camped with. That's right. Joel Holland from Harvest Hosts. Joel, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back. It's been a little bit. And I was actually, I was just thinking about our camping trip out in Colorado yeah, I guess we're coming up on on a, hopefully do on, do for another one uh, in not too long. Yeah, I hopefully. Hope so. Yeah, I hope so. That was really great. And that campground, they've been working on it. They have power poles now and all kinds of stuff. Right. Ooh, nice. Yeah, but that's not why we're here. Joel, you <laughs> probably already know, comes to us from Harvest Hosts, which is just a terrific program. And we'll put a link to our episode with Joel about Harvest Hosts. But now, Harvest Hosts, you guys have been busy. And you have something new called Camp Scanner. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I mean, I'm really excited about Camp Scanner. It's a product that we've been working on for over a year. It's a product I've wanted for more than a year. The very basic premise is it's really hard to get into national and state parks these days. They book out months in advance, many of them, you know, six months plus, as soon as those reservation windows open, right. people, you know, rush to recreation.gov and, and grab everything. And it's frustrating because people like me, I'm a last minute camper. To me, the fun of RVing is I don't plan that far ahead, right? That's what makes it stressless is, is it's spontaneous. It's supposed to be fun. Like right. planning is for work, right? <laughs> like spontaneity, road travel. So I hated the fact that we would want to go somewhere like Arches, you know, National Park is an example, not too far from us, but impossible to get a campsite in. And so I started realizing a lot of these campgrounds actually have tons of openings. Their last minute cancellation rates are really high, but it's hard to find those unless you're on the website constantly refreshing, 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 which no one wants to do. So we built this website, Camp Scanner. You put in the park you want to go to, 
again, Arches is a good example. Put in the dates you want to go. And as an example, over Memorial Day weekend, I put in Memorial Day weekend, which is absolutely no chance of getting <laughs> Arches. And every five minutes, it scanned for cancellations. And it found me 10 different openings. Wow. Over wow. The course of that Yep. Last minute. I mean, it was wild. So, you know, had we wanted to, had I been here at our home in Vail, I would have just simply, I would have gotten a text message uh, from Camp Scanner saying there's an opening at Arches. Act fast. You click the link, it takes you right to the booking system, in this case, recreation.gov, and just bam, grab the site. So that was the, the idea was help people get last minute bookings in really hard to get places like Acadia and Glacier and Yosemite with a really, you know, easy tool. And by the way, really cheap. It's not, we, we made this as inexpensive, <laughs> right? Because the, the idea here is to help get more people into the parks. So, you know, the, the tool starts at like $39 for an entire year and it goes up to $79 for an entire year uh, for the most high frequency scanning. And you can have 15 concurrent scans. So it's great. It's going well. We, we launched, we built this for, we, for a year. We built it. We launched it. Only a few short weeks ago, we've already had over 100,000 campground scans go through the system. And so far, it looks like 26% of those roughly have led to successful reservations, which wow. is really cool. Yeah. So, so people are finding ways to get into the parks they want to visit. There are over 12,500 parks in our system, and that represents 200,000 campsites. So there's a lot in there. And I mean, we've all seen it nowadays. It's it's a huge pain point with a lot of campers where you're at some beautiful place. And let's say you did reserve a year in advance or whatever, and you're there and you're enjoying it. And you look and like there's two or three empty campsites in that place while you're there. Yet the reservation system says it's full. Right. And so this is a great way to book those campsites because a lot of the cancellations are last minute. What parks does it work with and, and what systems does Camp Scanner work with? It works with pretty much all the federal parks. And so that's everything that's in recreation.gov, right? Which represents thousands of parks and all the big ones that we are always trying to get into. Grand Canyon, Glacier. And by the way, good example. And I, I love this example. So the week before Memorial Day weekend, right? The week before, which is about when I would usually be spontaneous and try to book a trip right okay, yeah yep. so one week before for fun i went into camp scanner and i set up scans for the hardest to search parks and i've got a screenshot here just to make sure i get these right i put in an alert for glacier national park big bend shenandoah national park yosemite grand canyon zion arches and acadia all of them oh, by the geez. way sold out if you were to go search they were sold out i put in searches for those I got alerts for every single one of them wow. over the course of that week. Multiple wow. openings, and I could have booked any of them. So it works with all the federal parks and thousands of state parks too. So everything in recreation.gov, everything in Reserve America, which covers quite a lot, we then have independently tied in with the California state park system. And we're soon to be launching Florida and Texas. And we're just going to continue working to get every state in the system that's not already in the system and then start working with private parks from there. That is incredible. And what a great way to get around the, the inability to make reservations, right? Because I wouldn't even dream of trying to do arches or Yosemite right. or anything like that anywhere close. I would, you know, like be up at midnight, 
hit on the day like, that it opens. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's typically how you book these, and now that just changes the whole game, as you've done with harvest hosts and the free overnighting right we talked to you i don't remember how it's been three it's or four years been a while yeah where there were a you know a, a decent number of harvest host locations and now there's almost five thousand. right <laughs> i guess our goal you know to steal a to steal a trademark slogan here is to make stressless camping Right. I mean, that's the idea. Yeah. We're all out there dealing with enough stuff, right? Let's make the camping part as easy as possible. Yeah. And obviously we love Harvest Host because but we just finished a two month road trip, took our two year old daughter to some amazing farms and uh, animal sanctuaries and, and things like that. But then we also love sprinkling in the parks and we love going to normal campgrounds. And so our goal at Harvest Hosts as a company is to make happier campers and happier communities, right? That That's our stated mission. And what we're trying to do now is kind of help our members along their whole journey. And the journey for most RVers includes all of these things, right? Right. You need camping at a farm, going to a national park, staying at a traditional campground, and maybe a Walmart parking lot, which by the way, is the only thing we're trying to get rid of. And, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with Walmart. I love Walmart, but I hate spending the night in their parking lots. Right. The yeah. lights are bright. Never really know if someone's going to knock on your door. You think it's safe, but you're not quite sure. So you don't sleep that well. Right. So yeah, we're just trying to make camping more stressless. Yeah. Well, we totally dig that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny. The peace of mind you get, even at a harvest host where you just feel like you belong there and staying at Walmart. You're right. The whole, you don't sleep well. And of course they're usually lit up like a, like a movie studio and ah. <laughs> <laughs> with harvest host and boondockers. Welcome. You've solved that. And now if you do want to make reservations in some of these hard to find places, you've solved that. How would somebody go about signing up for camp scanner? And you had mentioned different tiers. Can you, Tell us about that. There are three different tiers of the program. There is base camp, which is $39 a year. It gets you scans every 15 minutes. So it'll, it'll ping these systems every 15 minutes. You can set up five concurrent scans. You can have five different parks going or multiple campgrounds within a park. The second tier is the trailhead. And that one increases that frequency to 10 minute scans. So every 10 minutes it's looking and you can do 10 scans. And then the summit plan is the most expensive. And by the way, that's relative because it's still really cheap. $79 for an entire year, unlimited usage, unlimited notifications. And that scans every five minutes, you can have 15 concurrent scans. So that's the one, you know, if you're really trying to get the most certainty for finding a cancellation, the summit plan is the, is the best one. The nice thing is if you're already a Harvest Host member, you can add Camp Scanner to your account obnoxiously inexpensive. <laughs> like I think for for camper for, for Harvest Host members, the summit plan is like 56% off. Oh, wow. So it ends up being less than $40 a year. And if you're not a member of Harvest Host, that's fine. You can go directly to the website and sign up and it's still very, very affordable. And that website is campscanner.com. That's right. Or you can get there from harvesthost.com. That's right. Yep, okay. Yep. And, you, and the nice thing is too, if you're a Harvest Host member or if you're a Campers Card member, you can, or Boondockers Welcome member, all the logins, they, they all work together. Nice. So you don't have to create a new login. 
as soon as you go to Camp Scanner, you can use your Harvest Host uh, credentials to log in. It already has all your account information on file, so there's no additional setup, which is great. So I use the Harvest Host app when I'm looking for sites. Will the Camp Scanner work with the same app? So that is going to be the next phase. Okay. Is getting is starting to get this inventory into the app because I agree it's nice when you when you're searching you know, a route for Harvest Host, it'd be nice to see what different types of campgrounds, both private and public, you could use our tools for. Right. And so that that's the coming soon feature. Okay. And so you said you tagged different parks for Memorial Weekend. Could you, if you know that there's a campground that you prefer, or maybe because of your rig size, you only fit in the campgrounds here and not those campgrounds in the same park. Can you pick just certain campgrounds or do you have to pick the whole park? Yeah, great question. So the tool's designed to be really simple, which I like. So you go, you know, you just basically search bar and say you want to do Shenandoah National Park. You'll put in Shenandoah, it'll auto-complete, say this is what it looks like you're searching for. It'll then show you all the campgrounds within Shenandoah and maybe there's like five of them. You can select, it, what I would do is select all of them. Say I want to search all of them because the next screen asks you about your vehicle. And oh. if you're a tent camper, you can say tent camper and then that's fine. It's going to search all, everything pretty much. If you're in an RV, you'd select RV and then you'll select the size. Okay. 10 feet, 20 feet, 30 feet, 40 feet. And then it'll only return results that match your criteria. So oh. then there's no reason not to select all the campgrounds. Yeah. And if it hits and you've got a 30 foot RV, it's going to send you results that are appropriate. That's great. So it does it for you. So you don't have to like figure out which thing. ones you might fit in. And okay, great. Exactly. We try to make it as simple as possible because I know what you're talking about. I've done this so many times where I have to go research the campground. Are they RV accessible? There's there's a lot behind <laughs> the scenes. We make it just a couple filters. You say I'm in an RV. This is how big it is. This is how many nights I want to go. You can even say I'm flexible on dates and I can search a day before or after okay. to give you even more options for these cancellations. That's awesome. And because that one day on either side may make a huge difference. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, and for us campers, a lot of times we're pretty flexible. Like, hey, if, if Yosemite opens up a day early, neat, <laughs> I'll go day early. <laughs> <laughs> right. On recreation.gov, they don't use dynamic pricing, do they? No dynamic pricing. And also... You know, worth noting, we don't tack on any sort of booking fees or any middleman fees here at all. We connect you directly to them. We basically send you a link that takes you directly to the appropriate page for the campground, for the site, and then you do it right through rec.gov. We wanted to make sure we weren't becoming, you know, yet another obnoxious fee in the middle. Another booking engine. (laughs) That's right. No, we're just pushing you over there. The nice thing is we spoke to the people who built recreation.gov and told them what we were doing and basically said, Hey, like, are are we, are we cool here? Like, are are you okay with what we're doing? And they said, yes, because our agreement with the U S government is that we're trying to get more people into the parks and that's what you guys are helping facilitate. Yeah. So that's wonderful. We're all on the same page. Great. Yeah. Really. I mean, you're helping the park system too, because those empty campgrounds, they have a pretty liberal cancellation policy and, those empty campsites do nothing for the park. So if there's, you know, if you can fill those, then that's actually beneficial to the 
revenue stream for the park itself. Totally. And, and it's great for the patrons. It is really easy to book a reservation. It's like 20 bucks. And then if you don't go, you're like, who cares? Yeah. Well, the, the person who cares is the other person who couldn't get into the park. Right. Right. Like that's who cares. And so hopefully now our system helps that other person have a shot which is the goal. Yeah, that's been the big frustration is how many times you go to these places that are sold out and there's all these empty campsites and you're like, what is that? And it's people who, eh, you're right, 20 bucks, so what? But now we have to educate those people who have all those cheap reservations and don't go and don't bother to cancel them because without someone canceling, we're not going to get a notification that they're came up a spot right now some of them i think and maybe this depends on the park because i think some of them auto cancel if you don't show up and so you you may get billed for day one and say it's a five-day reservation those other four days will then pop up in our system when i went to um moraine in rocky mountain national park a couple years ago half the park was empty and it was sold out and i asked the ranger like what's the deal and they said basically like Day one, we charge you, but then we just cancel the rest. And mm. and that was surprising to me. Yeah. Um, so the park doesn't even get the money for those unused days. So you're actually hurting the park system by not... By not yeah. canceling. Properly canceling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just rude. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I think people think it's a victimless crime making a reservation yeah. and not using it. And the reality is it's not really because someone else is now unable to use that reservation, which would be fun for them and their family and also good for the park. Yeah. yeah, And I think a lot of people just hesitate to even kind of dream of going to these great places, knowing how difficult it can be to get a reservation. And you have solved that with Camp Scanner. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you the fact that I could get into Yosemite, which is just <laughs> impossible on, on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, it works. It's proof that there are thousands of cancellations every day in these parks. And all you have to do is set up an alert in the middle of the night, you know, let the system work while you're in your pajamas. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Anything else that we didn't think to cover? Like, No, I think, you know, the system, it's up, it's running, it's working. I mentioned, you know, over 100,000 scans, tens of thousands of those have now led to successful reservations, which is neat. I actually took a screenshot of all the ones I was able to get into for proof because no one's going to believe me. <laughs> yeah, it's working. So so I would encourage anyone listening, you know, that's curious, go to campscanner.com. You can actually set up a search and see how it works before you even pay. Now to activate it, to start getting text messages, you need to then create the account. But you can actually go in and set up, put in the park, see the campgrounds, set up the filters. You can see how the whole thing works before paying a dime. So we're trying to be pretty transparent. You know, it's not, not everything's behind a paywall. It's not right. like, oh, give us your money. We promise there's something back here. <laughs> no, like you can go build your scan, actually. And then at the end, when you pay, it'll then boom, it's active. Okay. So it's worth checking out. It's a really fun system. We tried to make this as, as affordable as possible. You know, it, it, it cost us, you know, candidly, like millions to create. It took a lot of engineers a long time to build. So we have to pay for it, which is why it's not free. But I think it's going to be a great tool for, for campers of all types, right? Not just us RVers, but tent campers, car campers. Like, this is for everybody. Yeah. And, that, and that's worth noting. You know, most of our other business stuff is for RVers. That's what we know the most. That's who we are. This one's for everybody, every camper. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for explaining all that. We're looking forward to starting to use it ourselves. Yeah, except I almost want to 
book all my reservations and then release this podcast. <laughs> I mean, that would be selfish, right? But, you know. Maybe we're going to choose to scam places they aren't. <laughs> There's so many. There's plenty to go around. So the other questions that we ask, and I don't know if we were doing this no. when you've been on the show before. Can you tell us your favorite best camping memory? Yeah, probably. Well, I, I have a couple. I, I guess I have to caveat. So the the first, and I've, I've mentioned this story before, so apologies to those who have heard it. But the first time I ever used Harvest Hosts was to visit a winery, or, sorry, a, a farm in Kansas that was run by nuns. And it was, it was just really cool, right? Like every nun did something different. Like one made alpaca scarves, one made soaps, and one gave massages. And I got a massage from an 80 year old nun in Kansas on an alpaca farm. And like, that was just so memorable that <laughs> I, I just can't stop talking about it. More recently, our daughter's now two and a half. And I remember the first RV trip we ever took her on was to go to Moab. And, and we went out to Moab, camped at the KOA out there, took her to Arches. And so that was a really special trip because that was her first RV trip. And she was so engaged, you know, even for being super young, she was mm. into it. She, she was just like, like us kind of awestruck by the beauty and the whole situation. So I knew we had a camper on our hands at that mm. point, And that was very special as a parent. So those are probably two, two of my, my most cherished memories. Oh, actually, one of my favorite memories is your story about <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, the alpaca the nuns. nuns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we have stayed, by the way, at alpaca farms we have. through Harvest Hosts yeah. and bought alpaca. Like we have this alpaca blanket, but I haven't been massaged by a nun yet. No, not yet. <laughs> You've still got things to do as a traveler. So that's oh, right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I mean, I could go Babylon and on, but the rig we bought, the RV that we have, the Rockwood Mini Light with a power package, was purchased specifically because of the solar and lithium system it has. So we could be off the grid indefinitely. And go to more That's Harvest cool. Host locations. Right. It was specifically <laughs> bought knowing we, we love going to Harvest Host locations. Oh, well, I love to hear that. So I hate to end on a sad note, but... <laughs> <laughs> Do you also have a worst camping memory? Oh, interesting. Um, I guess the worst would be, and I think you guys have had a similar experience, was crashing an RV. So so our first fifth wheel, I just picked it up in, in Littleton out of storage. I was getting ready to take it on a trip. So I was actually going to take it, pick up my wife, and we were going to go out towards Moab. And... Uh, I got cut off by an 18 wheeler who kind of drove me into the pylons oh. um, and just shredded the side of the fifth wheel. Oh. And that, and that was a bummer. You know, luckily everybody was safe. There's nobody got hurt. Right. But it was scary. Cause it was a good reminder that like dangerous things can happen. Driving is inherently dangerous. Pulling a big rig makes it even more dangerous. So, and, and then of course the camping trip is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that was a bummer, but, but a good reminder, you know, I think anytime something bad happens and there was not, there's nothing devastating from it. It's yeah. just a good like reminder that we're mortal and it's important to stay on our toes. Like, right. So I look at it as a, as a, it's just a good wake up. You're, you're smarter than we are. After we got rear-ended, we just kept using the camper, including <laughs> when we camped with you and yeah. had that, the whole back end was yeah. all caved in. 
<laughs> yeah. By the way, I get that because the, my first call was to AAA and I was like, I think I can keep going. I just need a tire replaced. And they're like, sir, the entire back half of your fifth wheel is missing. <laughs> like, no, I'll just put another tire on it. We'll be fine. <laughs> How much duct tape can I get at the local hardware store? Yeah. I so have a tarp. It'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, denial. Denial is an important part of road traffic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, man, well, it is always a pleasure to speak with you, and I hope we get a camp with you again soon. Yes. And uh, what a great product. So obviously we're going to spread the word and, and tell everybody what an awesome thing you've done here again. Right. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Always a pleasure catching up. So hopefully we'll see you on the road or see you on the podcast again soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Definitely. So we mentioned a little bit to Joel about why we chose what we chose when we bought our new camper. And one of those reasons is because of the great power package so that we can stay pretty almost exclusively in Harvest Host and Boondockers Welcome Sites. Well, until it comes time to refill the water or dump the water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's now water has become our issue. Yeah. And power no longer is. In fact, yesterday we were doing kind of a deep cleaning of our travel trailer and we were in there. It was a pretty hot day. We were running the air conditioner yep. right off the grid. It goes back to... You know, how long can you run the air conditioner in your RV on battery? And of course, that and a lot of other questions can be answered by our friends at ABC Upfitters who designed the system in our own travel trailer. It was designed specifically to be included as an option on Rockwood and Flagstaff models on specific ones because Rockwood and Flagstaff sought out the best power system designers and that's abc upfitters but they can also custom design a system for your rv whether that's a small teardrop or a big class a i've seen him do a lot of van conversions recently getting lithium power and solar into those rigs and making it fit well because they're using masterbolt systems which have their origin in the marine industry where there's a pretty low tolerance for failure. Right. So if you're solar curious or interested in upgrading what you may already have or have questions about going off the grid or yes, can you run your air conditioner on solar and batteries? All of those things. That's why we are really happy with our partnership with ABC Upfitters. They just do a good job. They have engineers on staff to design these systems. They work with you. They don't just have... Plug and play. Yeah. They <laughs> basically put systems into RVs that work from the get-go and accomplish the boondocking and off-grid camping goals that you have for your rig, whether that's big or little or whatever. Yeah. ABC Upfitters has been a good partner and they've done an exceptional job and they even are offering a discount if you're able to join us in and around the frog rally which is coming up in august they have a savings for that and you can also join us at the frog rally yeah. so a, a whole bunch of reasons to come join us in indiana in august oh and don't forget the amish crack donuts well I mean, yeah no forget yeah. those <laughs> get donuts a solar and lithium system and come camp with us 
And the best way to reach ABC Upfitters is really just give them a call. They're great people to talk to and can answer questions. And we have a link in the show notes to their phone number and more information about them and, and all of that. So once again, in our show notes at stresslesscamping.com. Hey, I'm going somewhere. Yes, you are. <laughs> this weekend, I'm going on a trip with the Sisters on the Fly to Ruidoso. And I'm pretty excited. I'm a little intimidated because it will be my first time with the rig without Tony and going <laughs> to a new place and meeting a bunch of new people. So I'm very excited. And I really probably should in the next two days go out there and practice driving the camper. But we'll see. <laughs> Maybe well, I'll just so wing it. It's a little ruidoso that I'm not allowed to join, <laughs> but my plumbing prohibits that. So it's an all girls camp out. We did get to spend just a short day in Ruidoso when we camped with our friends at Bottomless Lakes. And so we talked a little bit about what we saw. And I imagine next week I can tell you all kinds of more things that I'm going to see. And what are you going to do while I'm out camping? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and play with the computer. I you mean, know, that's we only, what I do. We only have one vehicle. So <laughs> and now there is a car show. Yeah, I might be going to that. I'll probably rent a car. So a while back, we realized it made no sense that we had uh, like a second vehicle with things like Uber and car rentals and all of that. And it's way cheaper to just not have and maintain two vehicles. So yeah, I'll probably end up renting a car or taking Uber to the car show. That or kind you've of got thing. your electric bike if you need to. Yeah, I've got my electric e-bike. So if I need to go somewhere not too, too far away, and there is a brewery within riding distance. There sure is. <laughs> so there's going to be a potluck at this camp out and I might make veggie tots. Oh my gosh. You know, we have been doing the low carb thing recently. I don't want to say keto because I've been, you know. There's oh, still no, beer. not at all. It's not at all keto. <laughs> but it's keto-esque. Keto-esque. Some of these things where you substitute low carb stuff for what you're used to, man, they just don't cut it. I'll yeah. Let's be honest. You know, that's like a, we try it once and it's like, yeah, no. Yeah, that's not happening again. But we had purchased in the freezer section veggie tots a couple of times, and they're pretty good, but they do have some flowers and stuff in them. And there are ingredients in them that are difficult to pronounce. And anytime yeah. there's more than three syllables, it makes you wonder, right? And right. You know, how to, what is that magic chemical, and, and should I really be eating it? So I thought, let's just try this for ourselves and see if we like them and if we're able to make them. And I think we did a better job than the freezer section. Oh, without a doubt. These things were delicious. I would actually look forward to eating these things. And as a potato-eating fool, <laughs> I actually like these better than tater tots. I, I kid you not. Now, what they are, well, well, how do we make these? Basically, we took some cauliflower and some broccoli, riced them together, and then we should have made sure that they were really, really dried out, but we forgot yeah. that step. And it it wasn't the end of the world. It was okay. But you take a, I don't know, about a cup of each, about a half a cup of shredded cheese. Now, I think that the cheese that we used was really important in really oh, was, making us love it these. It was super good. And I bought it at Costco and it was an ultra sharp white cheddar. But I would imagine you could use Parmesan and have a similar effect. Sure. So, but I think a good cheese, some spices, and an egg to bind it all together. And then 
measure it out so that they're all about the same size. We use one of those little like cookie dispensers from <laughs> Pampered Chef. Yeah, it's like a scooper. Yeah, like a scoop. And then roll those scoops you know, kind of shape them a little bit like a tot and roll them in, not flour, but crushed pork rinds. Yep. On the Veggie Tots recipe that we have on the website, which you can also download and print, we have a link to where you can buy those crushed pork rinds or you could just crush your own. Right. Especially if you want like a certain flavor of pork rind. Yeah. These are, I think they're smoke flavor. I think they were smoke flavor. We often eat the pork rinds that are salt and vinegar flavor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Those are super good. But I think it might take a couple bags of pork rinds crushed up. Well, maybe a bag. I don't know. We didn't try it because we went ahead and bought these crushed pork rinds because a friend of ours made a carnivore quiche. The crust was actually made with crushed pork rinds. And, and that was good And too. she said to... To make that crust, it would have she would have had to crush like three or four bags of pork rinds. Yeah, so, so this is like a jar of crushed pork rinds yeah. is what it is. And then we air fried them. Yeah. And I think you could bake them. I think you could put them in cast iron since we love to talk about cooking with cast iron. I will say I think you could easily make these even in... A 17-inch RV oven. I believe so. In fact, I think Absolutely. it would work well yeah. in the smaller oven because they tend to run hot. And I may get back to you on that next week because <laughs> that <laughs> might be how I make them if I decide on that. They were exceptionally good. And of course, we put garlic and onion powder and tandoori seasoning in these just to see you know what's it like and maybe that was the secret i still think it was that great cheese yeah but yeah i think the great thing about this is i think we could have added some chopped up shredded up mushroom yeah i think you can add you can really be creative with what vegetables and what seasonings and which kind of cheese you use and really just have fun with it and have something that is still healthy to eat. And none of those mystery ingredients. But boy, they were, I can attest to, they were good. <laughs> Last weekend, we went on a little picnic. Yes, we did. But with some friends. we didn't just pack a basket and take a hike into the middle of nowhere. And dodge Yogi and Boo Boo. We did not. We drove to a picnic area and used our solar generator and our induction cooktop and actually cooked our meal. <laughs> yeah. If you've been watching, listening for a while, we did a Budan challenge and we brought our friends along who were the ones who introduced us to Budan. And we actually made Budan with an induction cooktop, nesting pots, and a solar generator. And this is a new solar generator that we got to test out. And we have a full video review that I'll put a link to, but it's from a company called Ugreen. And a lot of people know that we have, we actually have two Jackery solar generators, one of which we got to review and one we won in a raffle. When we were camping with Joel. Yeah, uh, that's right. We were (laughs) camping with Joel and won the Jackery. Man. So people have said, how do you like the Jackery? And while I go into more details in the video about the solar generator, the thing I don't like about the Jackery is the battery chemistry, which only offers five to 600 recharge cycles over its lifetime. 
And I don't like that all the connectors are proprietary. In other words, you have to buy Jackery's solar panels and you have to buy all their stuff to work together. They're not a common connector. This Ugreen solar generator that we got to try, all the connectors are standard connectors, nothing unusual. It has a fast recharge feature where it can go from well, the lowest I got it was 22% after our cooking episode. We also powered <laughs> the Dometic cooler that we have yeah, for the whole day. day. So we had the Dometic cooler running on it the whole day. And then we used the induction cooktop to steam the boudin and also heat the collard greens. So oh, it was so good. It was but such a good lunch. <laughs> it really was. And at a picnic table. I mean, so what this is, it's the Ugreen Power Roam 1200 solar generator. So it's essentially about the equivalent of one of those lithium batteries that you can carry around with you. And a solar generator is not a generator. Right. It is a battery and a way to use that. So this thing has a bunch of plugs, you know, standard household outlets on the side. It's got a cigarette lighter adapter and it's got USB, you know, older USB and USB-C adapters on the front. And it also has a light and it charges very, very quickly. I was surprised it's got sort of a high-speed charging function. It also has the unusual feature that it can kind of oversupply power. So if you don't know, electric motors need like an, a bonus kick to get them rolling, kind of like some people in the morning. Well, electric motors are the same. I wasn't pointing any names. (laughs) But this thing can do that, which is also not typical of these solar generators. So overall, I really, really like this. And you can see the full video review on our YouTube channel. And we'll also, of course, put a link in the show notes. The one thing I didn't like about it, it has an app, which really works well but it disconnects all the time. And so the Bluetooth functionality was mm. was not the best. But so what? The solar generator itself, I really liked it. It's a good combination of size and function. And we also got Ugreen's 200-watt solar panels, which are four panels that fold together. And it's a fairly portable solar panel. And boy, those charge this thing up quickly as well. So I like this thing quite a bit. We have a discount that they have running right now. We'll put links to that in the show notes too. But yeah, two thumbs up on the Ugreen solar generator. And to your point about the Jackery being like non-standard and proprietary, and the Ugreen is not. So that means those solar panels, if you're not using them to charge your Ugreen, you could use them to charge your camper batteries. Is that right? They don't have a charge controller on them. Uh. So you would want to somehow control that because a solar panel will just keep sending power and you can seriously damage a battery. Sure. But yes, they will plug into the side of your RV. You can buy a charge controller. They're relatively inexpensive. Right. And do the same thing. We've talked a lot about people that have solar systems and the difference between putting them on the roof where they're always there and handy and hardwired in but also they don't work if you're parking in the trees. Yeah. And then the portable ones that you can kind of move out into the sun and then you have to plug them in, but and then you also have to make sure that they've got a controller on them. Yeah, and that reminds me of a couple of pretty important points also about this Ugreen solar generator. 
It is a lithium iron phosphate battery. So you get about 3,000 cycles before wow. it starts to degrade. That's honestly, that's 10 years of, of, of life. Using on this. it every single yeah. day. <laughs> it also, unlike the Jackery, the Jackery very specifically says do not plug something into the Jackery while you're charging it. Hmm. That is not true of the Ugreen solar generator. It will actually act as a uninterruptible power supply. So you can charge it and use it at the same time, no problem. Another point, for example, let's say you have a CPAP and you like to go boondocking. It's dead silent. It's just a battery and an inverter. Now, right. there is a fan, but it usually doesn't come on unless you've got a pretty big draw. Like when we were running the induction cooktop yeah. boiling water, it's quiet. It's easy. I mean, it with even with one of the two 200 watt solar panels it recharges very quickly we had a day where it was pretty overcast and in about two hours it was fully recharged so yeah. i i like this thing a lot all right so this week instead of an rv of the week i think you uh decided to have rvs of the week well, is that right for a reason <laughs> our friend josh winners josh the rv nerd from Bish's rv introduced a new proprietary brand to Bish's RV called Wayfinder. Bish's doesn't actually make RVs. Just like you can buy proprietary RVs at Camping World under the Coleman brand. And there, there are other examples of that. And so I looked at the Wayfinder brand and specifically the Wayfinder Go Play, which is their most affordable RVs. And I started being a little bit of a skeptic. Why would I want to buy an RV only available at a specific dealership. And boy, I tell you, the more I researched this and the more I spoke with the folks at Bishes, the more I think that this is an absolute home run. I looked at the 26BH specifically, and it's built by a division of Jayco, which is part of Thor. Mm -hmm. They're more affordable. It's no slides. It's a bunkhouse. Bishes has done some things to the design of this that I think make it better than the J-Code on which it's based. Not major things, but little touches here and there that make it better. If you're thinking, well, what if Bishes decides, oh, we're tired of building RVs or this didn't work out, or they go away or get bought by someone, whatever. Most RVs are, like if you see a Jayco or a whatever brand of RV, you see that brand, know that almost all of it is built by major suppliers. The final assembly is the people who put the stickers on the outside. Yeah. For the most part, there are some exceptions, but Jayco makes the cabinets and they assemble everything and you know they order the stickers, but all the parts that are needing warranties over time. Like the stove and the fridge and the air conditioner and the water heater and all those things. Yeah, all that stuff is is built by and and actually warranted by major RV company suppliers. And that's true everywhere. So the idea is really find a floor plan you like and kind of shop around. And there are companies that I believe do a better job than others, but I like one of the things about the Jayco family is that they do have a full PDI. So they fully inspect every RV that comes off the line head to toe, which is not typical in the RV space. But there are 
signature features in the Jayco brand, like the J Smart Lighting and Goodyear Eagle Tires and a number of other things that are specific to Jayco that are not in this GoPlay RV. But here's the bottom line. Bishes is selling the GoPlay 26BH for $19,999. Wow. It is a deal. It is a super deal. And even more, they're selling it at that price at all of the facilities, all of the Bishes stores that sell these. So if you haven't shopped for an RV recently, the price of shipping has gone through the roof. So you might see an RV and it's like, oh, this RV is only 18000 And then yeah. like in California, there can be $3,000 of shipping on that. It could that. be $5,000 of shipping on that. Shipping is nutty. So the fact that Bishes is selling these RVs at twenty grand, basically, it's a super smoking deal. Now, here's the other neat thing. So you can go order one of these Wayfinder RVs on wayfinderrv.com and then have it delivered to your local Bishes, or they will, and this is an additional charge, they will bring it right to your front door. So oh, Maybe they should back it into a campsite for me. <laughs> they will do that too. Now, there is an additional, if you go from the Bishes store to wherever you want it to be sure. delivered. Yes, there is additional charges on that, which is completely reasonable. Yeah. But it's a good buying experience and a good product and a heck of a price. Another, this is just an assumption based on how Josh and Bishes have worked. A lot of RV decision makers never go to the campground. Yeah. The way they listen is someone at an RV dealership, let's say you're buying an RV and you're like, why the heck would they do this? And you tell the salesperson and the salesperson tells their manager and their manager might tell the owner of the store. And then at some point there's a dinner and the owner of the store talks to the RV decision makers. Well, if you've ever played the telephone game, <laughs> you know how badly that chain of communication can go. And you're assuming that chain doesn't break somewhere. That is absolute valid point. Absolutely valid. Josh really, he looks at every comment on those comments you leave on his RV reviews, his videos online, and that gets translated directly to the decision makers. So I believe that these are good now and will get significantly better based on your feedback. Stay tuned, but an interest, I would definitely look at these if you're kind of shopping around. Great price and I thought that the changes they made to the Jayco product were worthy of, I, I liked it better. So there you go. You know, you kind of mentioned like what happens, what if Bishes decides that this system isn't working out for them? As Tony said, all the components are components, but also because the Wayfinder is made by Jayco, if for some reason in the future, there aren't Wayfinders available. They're still Jayco products. So you should probably be able to work with Jayco if you have some kind of an issue that you need to fix. Yeah, I wouldn't really worry about the warranty issue at all. Right. With these. And speaking of not worrying about warranty issues, let's keep in mind that 
we've got to keep our roofs in good condition because while the roof might be warranted, all those holes in the roof are not necessarily so. No, that's a very valid point. They are considered maintenance items. So all that place where they've punched a hole, and that's where there's screw holes, where there's vent holes, where there's vents for the refrigerator. We've seen a lot of failures of antennas lately where that has led to leaks. So it's not the hole in the roof, it's the antenna mount itself. Right, and that's that causing breaks, trouble. And then there's a leak and you know, once you discover a leak, once it starts leaking inside, you're you're kind of in for a little bit of hurt. Yeah, and so. sometimes when you discover it from the inside, it's not straight up on the outside. It yeah. might have leaked somewhere 14 feet away and just followed a path to get to the inside. We have a really good podcast from a few weeks ago with a gentleman talking about all of these leaks and all of the sealants and all of that. So just a reminder, check your roof for leaks. Now you would do that after you've had a great cup of coffee, I assume. And right? last week's question of the week at our fun and friendly stressless camping podcast Facebook, Facebook group, group was... How do you make coffee? So we talked last week about how we make coffee in our favorite ways. And I knew that we were probably missing some. There were some that I learned about that I didn't even think about when we were talking about it. I, we kind of intentionally didn't mention the Keurig, but since half of you answered Keurig, we have to acknowledge that that is a way that a lot of people, I feel like you don't have very much control with a Keurig. No. You get what you get in that pod and that's what you're going to get. And frankly, I just, and I know there are more environmentally friendly ways of doing it, but throwing away a piece of plastic every time I make coffee. I don't know. I'm not a big fan. However, you could power a Keurig with the, with the new green, green solar generator. Right. So there's that. People talked about cold brew, which we have used like a concentrated cold brew that we just add ice and water to so that it's a really easy afternoon cup of cold coffee. Yeah. A lot of people use a drip coffee maker, and I think we did talk about that. And essentially, that's what we use at home and took on our summer excursion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't want to get home, you know, when we finally bought a place. And uh, not have a way to make our coffee. Not have a way coffee. to make coffee, my gosh. Mike actually uses instant coffee by the thermos full, and I wanted to know why he hates himself oh, so much. <laughs> ouch. <laughs> that just sounds like... I don't know, not the best way, but Teach whatever works own. for you. Steve uses a Bialetti Bricka, which is a mocha. And that's not mocha. That's mocha, M-O-K-A, not mocha like chocolate flavored coffee. It's a mocha pot, which I had to actually look it up. I didn't know what that was. So essentially, it's a little eight-sided percolator oh, that makes espresso. That's what Traveling Robert uses. Okay. And there are electric ones, and there are ones that you can put on the stovetop. But it makes basically an espresso. Traveling Robert makes Cuban coffee with his. Yeah. And I believe that's like half coffee and half sugar. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite, but you know. I think I have had coffee made that way. My Turkish friend. Oh, yeah. They make those, you know, like really small, strong, dimitas cups of coffee. And I think that's basically what this makes. If I'm wrong, it's okay if you want to 
fix me. Yeah, again, <laughs> we had said how to contact us. And, you know, if you have questions, comments, suggestions, yeah. whatever. So a lot of people still use percolators, old-fashioned percolators. We had that around the big campfire in the morning yeah. when we were camped in Mississippi. It makes good coffee. To me, again, it's a control thing. Like, you have to make sure you percolate it exactly the right amount of time, or it's too strong or too weak. So... But people do that over the campfire, over the stovetop, whatever. People use the pour-over method. And actually, John said he has a clever coffee dripper. And to me, it kind of looks like a pour-over, but it has some kind of a release something on it. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up and figure out what that is. But like I said, it kind of looks like pour-over, but not exactly. So anyway, so many ways of making coffee. So thank you all for responding. Uh, I mean, a bunch of people did say they like the AeroPress, so that's good. It's not like we're the only crazy people. (laughs) Well, I think it makes a great cup of coffee. Absolutely. This week, I was just curious, do you read magazines? We got our new Girl Camper magazine. Yeah. And I just devour that thing. We have talked about magazines several times. Check out episode nine for vintage camper trailers, episode 123 for Girl Camper, Rootless Living, and RV Today, and Airstream Life. Yeah. Or check out episode 151 for FMCA Family RVing. We talked about all those different ones and... We'll probably talk about them again next week. (laughs) Here's a little hint. Some of those magazines publish articles by us. Some of them do. (laughs) (laughs) And where could I answer the question of the week? Well, you can answer that question of the week. And also, we've gotten some other people asking questions, which is great. We love the interaction at our fun and friendly Stressless Camping Podcast Facebook group. Man, what a name. And did you know we did a once a week newsletter, which is completely free? In fact, for the month of June, anybody who's new to our email list will have a chance to win a water hose from the Air Gear store. And this is by far the best water hose we have used in an RV. Yeah. It's just a high quality product. And after you sign up, you'll be with the other people that are getting one newsletter every single week. And that's all that we do with that. We remind you that the podcast episode is out. We give you links to other stories and videos and podcasts that we think will help you get the most out of your RV experience. Yeah. By the way, last week we introduced a new stresslesscamping.com website. Thank you to all of those who gave us feedback, suggestions, input, all of that. It's all the same content that you're used to. It's just maybe a little sharper, a little cleaner, a little different looking. One of the things, it's supposed to be much easier to read for especially people who have visual challenges. Right. But yeah, that's the idea. Make it easier to read, especially on a smartphone, because we found... The vast majority of you are looking at our website on a smartphone. You can find the show notes for this episode number 206 on the podcast page. At thenewstresslesscamping.com, which is also where you'll find our discounts and deals for the best things you'll need on your stressless camping adventure. And, you know, if you know of a great deal that you think that our audience would love, please let us know because we we love deals. Yeah, don't we all, right? And that's through the contact us form at stress 
stressescamping.com. Of course, you know, we are in all those social places and you can start at stressescamping.com. There's little links in the upper right corner or under the hamburger menu on a smartphone and such to go out and wherever you're being social, or antisocial. <laughs> We're probably there too. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's always free to subscribe on any podcast catcher, and we are saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. Don't forget a review will help others find this podcast as well. We'd love to have new folks sitting around the campfire with all of us who have been here for a while. So thank you to all of the people who have reviewed us and This is your word of encouragement if you haven't yet. And also sharing is very helpful. So if you have already written a review and you think, oh, I've done all I can, nay, nay. Oh, no, no. (laughs) You could still share posts or podcasts or blog posts that you find. And I want to thank John and Kathy both, actually. They pretty much share everything we post, which is fantastic, and we really appreciate it. And also, my friend Suzanne shared with some of her camping groups, and that was very helpful to us, too. So, sharing is caring. It is. Caring about your fellow campers. And with that, we appreciate your being here with us again this week. Let us know if you got Camp Scanner and what you think of it. I think it's pretty significant. And while you're out there, happy camping. We hope you learned a lot and had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! Sir, the entire back half of your fifth wheel is missing.